Our chapter for today is Revelation chapter 13. This chapter continues the running, the section running from chapter 12 through chapter 14. In this chapter, we are introduced to more characters for the first time in Revelation. Um, this, this chapter revolves specifically around the appearance of two beasts. Um, also, the infamous number 666 is introduced. <laughs> uh, here is in verse 18, the mark of the beast. Um, we will explore more of what these two beasts represent uh, and the other imagery surrounding it. But it is clear at the outset that they are tools. These beasts are sat uh, tools at Satan's disposal to carry out his war. Um against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, since he was unsuccessful in his first attempt to stop Christ from coming the first time, as we explored in the last chapter. And keep in mind always that this, this revelation was given not only to tell us the future, but to benefit the church now. And that was true in the first century as well as the 21st century. Uh, the church at every point in its existence to benefit them at that point, to give us insight into what's going on now, not just thousands of years from now. These visions were immediately relevant even to the Apostle John's first century generation and certainly are to us in the 21st as well. So with that in mind, let's take a closer look at the picture described in chapter 13. Let's think about the first beast. The first thing we're told about this beast is that it came, verse 1, rising out of the sea. Well, there are a couple of reasons for interpreting this first beast which came out of the sea as representing the nations of the world and their governments. Okay, that's what I think this first beast represents, the nations of the world and their governments. For one thing, Isaiah 17:12 says, "Ah, the thunder of many peoples, they thunder like the thundering of the sea. Ah, the roar of nations, they roar like the roaring of many waters. So there's an Old Testament precedent for likening the mighty nations and the governments of the world to the mighty waters and to the sea. Furthermore, a few chapters later in Revelation, we read an angel telling John verse 17, uh, chapter 17, verse 15, the waters that you saw where the prostitute is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. And notice carefully that to this beast, that is to the nations and the governments of this world, Satan, in verses 2 and 7, gave his power and his throne and great authority, and they were allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. Just think, throughout church history, nations and governments have been instruments of great persecution against the church and of the Lord Jesus Christ at this very day. Uh, the government of, in China is cracking down on the church. Uh, all over the world, governments are oppressing the church. And we have biblical examples of the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Romans, um, and to this present day, through tyrannical governments, like I mentioned, of China, North Korea, nations of the Middle East, governments like these wield incredible power over the church in the world, and the church for now languishes under their authority in many places. Revelation 13 teaches us that Satan himself is behind these evil, persecuting governments and nations because he is behind this first beast, which I think that represents. 
The second beast, unlike the first, which arose out of the sea, the second beast, according to verse 11, comes rising out of the earth. This is a second tool at the hand of Satan to destroy the church of God. In one hand, he uses oppressive and ungodly governments and authorities. With this second beast, uh, described in verses 11 through 18, we see what tool he uses in the other hand. Now, let me say this about verses 11 through 18, which describe the, uh, the second beast. Um, they're hard to understand. <laughs> so I'm going to be quite general uh, in explaining the second beast. Uh, I've told you how much William Hendrickson uh, in his commentary has influenced my understanding of Revelation. What he said about verses 11 through 18, so Revelation 13, 11 through 18, he said, and I quote, this is perhaps the most difficult paragraph in the entire book of Revelation. The main ideas are clear. The details are obscure. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I agree with him. <laughs> so I'll do my best, but we'll probably be quite general with this second beast, verses 11 through 18. We saw other passages in the Bible give us reason to conclude that the imagery surrounding the first beast represented nations and the governments of the earth. What are we to make of the second beast rising out of the earth? Without 100% certainty, uh, it does seem that other passages do give us clues. For example, consider what James says in James 3.15. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Um, earthly, unspiritual, demonic. So not quite as clear, but still perhaps instructive is Philippians 3.19 that refers to people who have their minds set on earthly things. So while the first beast seems to represent something very physical, that is ungodly persecuting governments and societies against Christianity, the second beast seems to represent something immaterial that also wages war against Christians, that is, namely, ungodly wisdom or ungodly ways of thinking, false religions, etc. Notice that this beast is not said to necessarily physically harm the church like the first beast, but verse 14 says it's dangerous because it deceives those who dwell on the earth. Again, James 3.15 describes earthly wisdom as being unspiritual and even demonic. So the chapter in, towards the end talks about those who have uh, who bear the mark of the beast. Um, countless interpretations have been offered for what this uh, means. Uh, it seems far more reasonable um, than some explanations. We won't go into all of those. It seems more reasonable to conclude that bearing the mark of the beast simply means belonging to Satan. And that's not an idea that is unique to the book of Revelation. I mean, Jesus talked like that. Think, just reread John 8, John 8, 44. It tells you, you are of your father, the devil. So I think the same kind of idea is going on here. The mark of the beast sim means simply what Jesus was talking about, about uh, belonging to Satan rather than belonging to God. Um, here, it, it seems reasonably clear that bearing the mark, the mark of the beast means to belong to it, love it, serve it, worship it, 
Uh, see Revelation 13, 14 and 14, 9. The number 666 is called the number of man. And it's simply another way of referring to one who doesn't belong to God but continues to oppose him. So like chapter 12, um, chapter 13 continues to give the deeper um, spiritual background of, of the persecution and difficulty the church faces in the world to the naked eye. It appears that hostile governments or societies or false religions are what is posing a great threat to Christianity. But with the deeper insight given to us in these chapters, we see that hostile governments or societies and false religions are simply tools in the hand of Satan, who is just as intent on stopping the church as he was all throughout the Old Testament period on stopping the first coming of Christ. And that's just a couple of thoughts from Revelation chapter 13.